What am I good at? What can I do really well? It still gets me excited. And then what am I really passionate about? I still have a toe, maybe, maybe I have maybe a full foot in that space, which is the film festival. Though drawn to organizations that have a strong focus on social services and public benefit, Mark McDonald, Dartmouth 96, would be suited in a marketing and communication role in just about any sector, given his English major and love of storytelling. But keeping involved with the Telluride Film Festival for over two decades has allowed him to stretch creatively, find community, and keep at his day job. Find out how keeping a passion project alive takes work but pays dividends on today's Roads Taken with me, Leslie Jennings Rowley. I'm here today with Mark McDonald, and we are going to talk about media and communications and all kinds of ways of communicating as humans and how success in communication seem to be inextricably linked. So welcome to the podcast, Mark. Thanks. Absolutely. Thanks, Leslie. So Mark, we start these podcasts the same way, and I ask two questions. When we were in college, who were you? And as we were getting ready to leave, who did you think you would become? Wow. So I would say going into college, I was like probably most people trying to figure myself out and being a little goofy, had a core set of friends on the track and cross country teams. And really for me, the through line was track and I grew up being a lover of movies. So those were the two through lines throughout Dartmouth. And then really looking at it from track, and my goal was maybe I should do sports medicine, maybe I should do sports reporting, maybe I should do sports broadcasting. You can see sports was the the kind of, as I said, through line. And then as I got deeper and deeper trying to figure things out, like, okay, well, after Orgo, I'm like, uh, there's no way I'm doing sports medicine. So that's gone. (laughs) Uh, And really enjoyed writing worked with Brad Parks on the Sports Weekly when that was launched, and then still was doing lots of broadcasting for the radio station, doing basketball games and hockey games and and the occasional baseball game. And as I was all trying to figure things out by my senior year, I was like, well, I guess I'll just stick around for the year and ended up being the assistant track coach for Dartmouth. And that was very fortuitous. At that point, still trying to, you know, scratching my head, thinking through what exactly am I going to do? This is track, which is cool. I'd love to do coaching track, but what does that mean? And then right during that first year out of school, when I was still up in Hanover, a friend of mine who was running the film society, typically student-led, said, hey, like, we desperately need someone to lead the film society. They're, they're bringing a new kind of manager of the film society, and they just need someone who can spend some more time. So do you want to run it? I'm like, all right, sure. I guess I'll spend another year up in Hanover. And that ended up doing a couple more years and really helped launch my focus on the Telluride Film Festival, where now I'm like the call. I guess my title is manager of theater operations with a little bit of everything. But because of that, it also allowed me to kind of step into kind of the marketing role in a variety of other kind of projects, whether it's the film society and in other areas. So that kind of what really kicked off the marketing side and, as you mentioned, the communication side for primarily the, the mo- most of my jobs uh, after the after Dartmouth. Yeah. And so another thing that you did, you were at a Shakespeare company and like all of these different kinds of creativity seemed you were drawn to them. But then if you look at that period of time, and I think it might be related to your 
then future wife, but I don't know that you got an MBA. So what was that moment for you? One of the things I loved about marketing, and I still love it now, is to me, it brings about kind of both sides of my brain, which is this kind of analytical business side. And then the creativity side, you know, the stuff I really love about film and art and Shakespeare and all those other great creative pursuits. And I felt like, okay, well, I'm starting to kind of really understand the marketing role. You know, they would talk about soft skills, right? You really understand to communicate with people. And I felt like I was doing a really good job in that area. One, one side story, I remember when I was working with the Shakespeare company and uh, Kamal Shakespeare Company in Boston. And by then I was the managing director. And we had a, a challenging opportunity with our set designer. And the set designer, I was just like, hey, I am I, so excited about your vision. And it needs to fit in with this like very tight budget. Like we're a free production. We don't have a lot of money. And he got so frustrated and he came up and we were in Boston. He's living in Richmond, came up and showed this beautiful, beautiful set, you know, put together. And he just threw it on the ground and it kind of crumpled in. And then he's like, that's it. That's the set. A crumpled in set. So again, I thought I was like, okay, good. I, I helped, you know, generate some good creativity. <laughs> he was so mad at you. Right. right? Again, it helps that business side and the creative side, being able to talk to both people. But I, was, but I really enjoyed working with Camel Shakespeare Company. I said, you know, what do I need to do to really round out my background if I want to lead an organization or be a leader in an organization? And for me, it was, okay, well, how do I start to think about the more analytical approach, data, understanding, problem sets, et cetera? And I was thinking about it, but I was like hesitant. I really want to do it. It's two years. And then at that point, my girlfriend, who getting very close to proposing, and I think her parents knew too, her mother-in-law said, or my mother-in-law said, you know, I, I think you're a great person, you're wonderful, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and you really need to get a graduate degree if you want to marry my daughter. So I said, okay, well, I guess that's a little, you know, push that kind of forced me in a good way. And I'm really happy I did it to actually go and pursue my MBA at University of Chicago and loved Chicago, still love that city. And it really helped kind of round out that other approach of understanding like the science behind marketing and communications and some finance too. Yeah. And I'd say because uh, you did not pop back into the arts world or the nonprofit world, tell us about where you ended up. So it was funny because everyone who knew me is like, oh, so what do you want to do? I was like, well, I really wanted to kind of get back in a higher level position in a nonprofit organization, ideally in the arts. And at that point, this is 2003, 2004, you know, MBAs were looked down upon in the nonprofit sector, particularly in the arts, because everyone said, all they care about is the bottom line. And they don't care about creativity. They don't care about people. They just want to cut and slash and get right to the budget and talk about dollars. And they don't think about the impact of the work, which may be measurable, may not be measurable. And so I was really struggling to try to find an organization. And, you know, student loan kind of comes about with your MBA. And I had an opportunity to work with General Electric, which at that time owned NBC. And I said, this is great. I can still kind of pursue the creativity, the arts on the NBC side. Went through the interview process, went great. And they said, hey, well, tell me where you want to be. I said, well, I really want to be the you know, NBC, I guess, first and foremost. And then maybe some you know, marketing close to Chicago, 
because we just got married and we were living in Chicago, but I get NBCs in New York. They said, all right, I love your, I love your vision. I love what you're doing. So we'll get back to you in a couple months with your assignment. It was a rotating series of six month assignments. I said, okay, we, we think we got something perfect for you. I'm like what? Commercial finance in Stanford, Connecticut. Not just, <laughs> you got it. I was like, I have, what are you talking about? Oh, and then the funny thing was they go, okay, well, here's the project. I need you to predict interest rates in the future. I'm like, what? No one can predict interest rates in the future. I was like, fine, I'll figure something out. And I went to talk to, you know, as you can guess, geez, got a lot of smart people. And went into New York City, went to talk to, you know, all these analysts who, you know, all have MBAs, many have PhDs. And I said, I'm trying to figure out how to predict interest rate. They said, well, if you could do that, you probably would be a billionaire because that's what everyone's trying to do. You can make a lot of money on that. But, you know, since we know that's not going to be feasible, here's a couple of ways to go. So after doing that for about six to seven months, you know, wife's like, listen, I know you don't like what you're doing. So we know we want to move back to the East Coast. How about instead of saying, let's just go through GE for two years, let's find something that you really are interested in. And if you get it, great. If you don't, you know, we don't have to rush to get back. Just find something you really want to do. And I found this opportunity with Corporation for Public Broadcasting, which you know, major funder of NPR and PBS in particular. I'm like, well, that's it, right? That kind of gets back to the nonprofit, the communications, the creativity. Yeah. And lucky enough, got an interview and ended up landing there in, D in the D.C. area. And that's what brought me to Alexandria, Virginia, where I am now. And that was about uh, 14 years ago. Yeah. And that really was where it all kind of came together, right? The analytical side, like using the business skills, but really grounded in that human connection that's vital in Shakespeare and vital in film. And you were able to be a part of all kinds of creative things. So what was that time period like for you in terms of growth and, and what you really loved about it? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was really an opportunity also to start to manage people directly. You know, I had an opportunity to do some light you know, people management, obviously with Shakespeare to a degree, and some other roles, but nothing as formal as actually managing a team. And for me, that was probably the best career development opportunity where you really start to grow and understand, like, hey, what can I do? What can I take on? How do I motivate people? How do I get people excited? I'm a very curious person and get easily excited whenever I'm focused on something new I'm learning. And how do I translate that into the work with my, my team? And I had a great boss who really helped me focus on, you know, what can I do to help you grow? And how do, what do I do to help you grow professionally, whether it's in this organization or not in this organization? I just want to help you as an individual. And to me, that was the key takeaway from that. I mean, obviously, working with really smart people trying to think through how do you help fund public broadcasting, whether it's television, radio. And then at that point, it really started translating that to online. So what do we think about kind of the online space and how do we compete against YouTube and all those other pieces, which was really fascinating. But for me, it was, okay, I can take that together. I can, as you said, kind of think about the communication, how we work, how we get the messaging out about what we see public broadcasting being and why that should be continue to be funded by by the government, but then the communication side in terms of how do I motivate people? How do I engage? How do I get them to be excited as I am when I see a new path or a new strategy that we want to take and solicit their input? And to me, that was just something that was very exciting. And every day, 
even now, I somehow get people excited about the work, particularly when they see me with a PowerPoint. They would stop by my office and my team like, he's got a PowerPoint. Oh my gosh, you better get ready for some crazy new idea. And it's like, that's true. I mean, you know, not all ideas are going to succeed, but you know, I like to get input and throw out some ideas. So that, I think, again, was for me really the really true kind of growth period. And then still staying in that field to a degree, as strange as it sounds, with ARP foundation where I am now, that transition was really about, you know, I ended up being in grants. This funny thing is no one ever ends up being like, want to work in grants necessarily, but just the way the nature of my career in corporate public broadcasting, moving over to ARP foundation. And I, my focus was just like more, Hey, I get to create a new department from scratch, get to hire new people, you know, get to really think about how do we, how we deploy millions of dollars to help older adults in need. And then so you realize like, oh my gosh, this is a huge need out in the nation. The number of low-income, vulnerable older adults who are just trying to make ends meet, you know, there's 37 million older adults are either in poverty or one financial hardship away from poverty. That's a lot of people. That now is kind of what motivates me and gets me excited. And how then do we communicate that out across the nation from philanthropists to corporations who usually see Social Security, Medicare is being the safety net, but in reality, it's that's just one piece of a larger safety net, ideally, that someone who is retired has. Yeah, so that social sector was able to take the communication skills, the management skills, the analytical skills, and you know, use your creativity to serve a larger, deeper purpose. No, yeah, no, I mean that that's exactly right. So the great thing about when I moved over and really focused on the grant making, it was my own little shop, so to speak, where we could work within our specific guidelines, our strategic plan, our mission and vision, but really try to think through how do we maximize our impact. And, you know, one of the, my big things, like, how do we tell the story of our work? ARP Foundation is primarily actually direct service. So a lot of work trying to help older adults get get jobs access to SNAP benefits and other areas. And the smaller portion of it is the actual grant making. I'm like, how do we tell these stories? And I remember with Corporation Public Broadcasting, one of the great things we developed was a story template, which was very simple. It's like, I need a quote from a leader in the organization. I need a quote from a leader in the community. And I need a quote from someone actually being served by the program. And the rest we can kind of fill in. But what happened, that really started to make a kind of a big impact. And we started creating these impact profiles. And then people really started seeing our work and trying to say, hey, how can I support that organization? And again, it was really trying to just think through how do you supply, you know, both the quantitative and the qualitative, kind of the emotional side with those who are looking for more rational aspect. And having kind of this approach of thinking through all the different components of a story, and to me, really works. It was I was listening to um, President Obama talking about his book, and one of the questions was, "How does being a writer inform the way you manage people or the way you you take on work?" And he said, "You know, the thing is, you always are trying to look at both sides. You're, to, you're very curious, you're trying to think through what are the implications of doing X, Y, and Z across a larger population, not just the direct people I'm trying to serve, but the unintended consequences." And I think for me, that is something as I think about Dartmouth and the, and the being an English major and having crazy discussions and looking at movies and having crazy discussions. What does it mean? And all those kind of internal dialogues on your own 
that really kind of helped inform again the work that I'm doing now and thinking about it from a wide variety of viewpoints, which I think helps me then communicate more effectively with my team, with other departments, to be really focused on how do we really think about this work from not just those who need it, but those who are unsure why we're even doing this activity out there. Mm-hmm. So while there's a aspect of storytelling to what you do, the day-to-day isn't really in that, you know, steeped in that storytelling and arts world, but you're still connected with Telluride. So yes. talk, talk about that and how that works in like one body and one 24-hour period and all of that. Well, <laughs> I'm laughing because my wife will tell you that, you know, sometimes she loves that I'm doing it. And sometimes she's like, wait, you're going to be out in Telluride, Colorado for two weeks. And I'm going to be alone with the kids. <laughs> at the start of school it's like oh my god uh but you know that's like that's the real passion right, when, right. and how do you how are you able to do work that you really love in terms of my work with arp arp foundation and then have that passion you can still challenge yourself and pursue so you started this relationship with telluride 23 years ago that extra year at dartmouth or after dartmouth yep and then how does one keep a relationship going with an organization like that when you're still trying to find your way with jobs and career and family and all of that? How does that work? Yeah. Well, what's interesting about Telluride is that I was part of the film society. And so I was heavily involved. And I really, and I was proposing a variety of film series. And the way it works with the Dartmouth Film Society is there's a small crew who kind of helps manage and lead it and ahead of it. And Every quarter, we would propose a new idea. And then here's what the theme should be for this quarter. And you know, I started proposing a bunch, and they started getting winning. And uh, I was like, oh, excited. This is great. And then there was an opportunity in my senior year, uh, well, between my junior and senior year, to be part of a program at Telluride Host called the Student Symposium. And I had a really lot of smart people. I took a lot of smart film folks in my class above and below. And they took two, and I guess I was like third on the list, but they only took two. And I was so dejected. I'm like, you know what? I'm so upset. I'm kind of done with the film society to a degree. You know, let me, but I really don't want to deal with it. And tell you right, I was like, ugh. So I, so I kind of stepped away, actually. I actually stepped away in my senior year, focused a little bit more on track, a little bit more on the broadcasting. And so the fact that, that the still stay good friends with a lot of the people there. Um, said, hey, why don't you run this? You know, afterwards was a, was a big surprise. I actually, it was like, all right, sure, I'll take a stab at it. And I was pretty upfront with at that point. They were the co-founders and and co-directors of the film festival, saying like, I want to make this my career. Like, how can I make this my career? I think it's like pretty darn quickly. I was like, listen, I love what I'm doing, and and they kept on saying like, listen, this is. There's basically two, maybe three full-time people, and the rest of it's seasonal employees. Like it's because it, we're doing a little event over four days. You kind of need to ramp up in the summer, to ramp down in the fall, but really you don't really need a whole lot of full-time people. And we have good full-time people already. I kept on pursuing and kept on pursuing, and then the co-director, co-founder said, "Hey, we want you to come out to a retreat." I was like, "Okay, good. Sounds great. I love to would do to come out to a retreat." It was kind of making suggestions that maybe, hey, do you want to get a little more involved in being, you know, on being a seasonal employee? But when I say seasonal, it's really you long communication. And I said, all right, this is this is pretty good. This is pretty great. And then 
this is right when my wife and I moved back from Chicago to, to the DC area um, and they're based in New Hampshire. So I'm like, all right, well, I don't know if I'm going to be living in New Hampshire. This could be telecommuting, but it's like, I need to know, like we're about to buy a townhouse. Like if, if I, <laughs> you have to move in like three months, cause you're like, Hey, maybe you can work with us full time. Like I need to know. And I remember he was, his email back to me said, patience will be rewarded. And I go, oh, I don't know what that means. So, <laughs> right. But guess what? My wife's like, we got to get it. Like, she's like, I'm moving out of my parents' house. I'm not living in my parents' house. Like, we got to find a place. I'm like, all right, we found an awesome place. Great townhouse in Old Town, Alexandria. And then out of the blue at the film festival that year, this is about three months later, he's, he announced the co-founder, Bill Pence, and his wife, Bill Pence, said, we're, we're retiring. And we're going to look for some new people. And I'm like, that would be awesome. I would love to be one of the new people. <laughs> the new and, old people. Uh, and so, but then they said, hey, we have a new artistic director in place and a new executive director in place and some other you know, positions. It's like, okay, well, let me talk to him. And I knew him pretty well because he was a consultant. And he was chatting, well, what do you want to do? And we're going back and forth, back and forth. This is 2006. And he's like, okay, you know, it's like, well, this sounds great. I kind of like where the path, no offers have been made. You know, just kind of, trying to see what, what world I could be because Bill's like, you should hire this guy full time. Finally, they say, hey, let's fly out. We'll fly out to Berkeley. It's December. So they end up moving to Berkeley. So I fly out with Katrina, who's my wife. And he's like, listen, we want to make you the development director. And I was just like, well, that would be awesome. And I think I could do it. And I have development background with Commonwealth Shakespeare Company. But that really wasn't necessarily the position I was looking for. I really was looking for like the managing director position. Right. I thought I had a good chance on it. And the person they ended up hiring is awesome. And she's done an amazing, amazing job. I was like, well, I just like, my gut said I got a pass. Like it's just too many question marks right now. And I mean, the good thing was 2006, because you know, the recession hit in 2007, 2008. So looking back, it probably was a good decision. But I said, listen, my commitment is still with this organization. I love doing what I'm doing, which is managing theaters. I just want to continue to be more involved. And Julie Huntinger, who is that person they hired, and she's been there, you know, since 2007, which is her first year. We just get along. We just kicked it off really well and got to get along. And, you know, I, and that to me is the key. You know, are you excited to see the people once a year? Are you excited to work with the people? And I always tell everyone, everyone's the same thing. Like we see each other once a year for the most part over the course of about a week before and after the festival and during the festival in Telluride, Colorado, which is a beautiful town. 8,500 feet up. And it feels like we were just here yesterday. You know, it's a long history. And so by the time you start going after many years, the festival, yes, I mean, you want to see a movie, but I don't want to, I don't want to mitigate that <laughs> desire because it truly is like, I really want to see a lot of good movies. But you end up going there because of the people. You tell your right friends, your, com- your commitment to them and the festival itself. That's what keeps me driving every year. And the seeing the movies helps a lot, but it's really, you know, what can I do with an organization that's like one of the leading, if not one of the most influential film festivals in the world? And when people say I had a great, I had a great experience there, I could be like, well, yeah, it's because kind of my team, you know, mm-hmm. made sure you had an awesome experience when you were in the theaters and on the line. And we're trying to create this entire focus on, we keep on saying the pathholder experience and how do you make sure people have as frictionless as a, a opportunity as possible and it's behind the scenes but that's great i think that's what i love about terry too is that it is very low key i, I mean the festival itself isn't but everyone else is mm-hmm. we're all trying to stay in the background 
and let the festival itself be the showcase. I like that approach. I think that's something that I've always really enjoyed, but then you can really see the fruits of your labor. So, you know, every once in a while, you kind of wonder, particularly as my kids are really young, it's like, should I be doing this? I'm kind of like, I'm missing. My daughter's birthday is always right around Telluride. But, you know, I, I am always excited about the continued opportunities of the festival and new things that pop up and new ideas. And again, being able to share that creative side with some amazing folks who are always open to ideas. That's really what drives and continues to drive that passion and keeps me engaged. And it's the people in the end. And if, if I had a horrible experience with like a bunch of folks, like, why am I doing this? Yeah, I, I'd be gone, but that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I think that's great. I love that setup in your life that you like the thing you do. And then you have this like mistress on the side that really fires you up. Yeah, it does. Right. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's within the house and the kids would be like, you know, do you really have to go for two weeks? I'm like, listen, look at it from this perspective. I'm not a golfer. I'm not playing golf <laughs> right, right. for like 10 hours over the course of a week, every single week of the year. Add that up. And that's more than my time I spend at Telluride, right? And when I'm home, I'm with you guys and we do fun stuff and we we play and we go on walks and hikes and yeah. do everything and else. And I'm happier when I come home from Colorado. I yeah, bet. exactly. There's always a lot of discussions about like, should you follow your passion or should you follow what you're really good at? I've heard that line before. You know, I think Mark Cuban was always like, don't follow your passion. Like, yeah, I'm passionate about, about guitar playing. That's not going to pay the bills for some. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I know what I'm really good at and I actually enjoy what I'm really good at. And if I can follow that, I can still have this good passion on the side. And I think that's that mindset to me. I really like that approach. I really like that approach of like, what am I good at? What can I do really well? It still gets me excited. And then what am I really passionate about? I can still have a toe. Maybe, maybe I have maybe a full foot in that space, which is the film festival. Yeah. 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 So when you look back at that young Mark as the the track coach, kind of like, okay, I'll take that year. What would he say about where you are now or that path, the path that you've taken? Yeah, it's, you know, I think there, I think right now there'll probably be some head scratching. Like, wait, what? What are you doing? Like, that's, and I, I'm, I'm not, this is, it sounds like I'm bemoaning ARP, finishing, but absolutely not. I'm looking at it from the perspective of a 20 year old. You're like, you're working with old people. Like, why would you do that? Like, that's, the, but then they would say, hey, you've got a great gig with Telluride. That's fantastic. Right. So there's a part of me that would say, hey, if you could keep this long term relationship with Telluride, which started in 1997, so we're, we're 23 years right now, and you could be really, a, key part of that of that team would you take that i would say yeah absolutely a hundred percent and then i you know i figured the other stuff out on the side and i have you know and uh and i think that looking back now like yeah i mean you know, i'm totally happy with what i'm doing i mean sure i want to do more i think everyone always sees opportunity to do more but I I don't harbor any doubts, I guess, right? You know, you kind of think through what is it that I wish I had done? And every once in a while, everyone has those kind of sliding door moments where it's like, okay, if, what happened if I actually jumped on that train? Yeah. And there's a couple of those for me. And, and then I look about like, but I still got two awesome kids. I got, you know, I've got a great job that you know, pays the bills and pays them well. 
I'm still with Telluride. I got an amazing wife. Like, what would have happened if I took that other path? The optimist says you probably would still have that same, <laughs> that same, you know, you probably still have right. a great wife and a great two kids and probably right. a good job. And the other side's like, well, but you got what you kind of hoped for 25 years ago. And to me, you can't ask for anything more than that. No, you can't. Um, so I'm just really pleased to have been able to hear, hear about that and share that and really can't wait to see, you know, do you have 50 years of Telluride under your belt when we talk again <laughs> or, um, or have you found other passions? Um, but thanks so much for being here. Great. Thanks, Leslie. This is fantastic. That was Mark McDonald, an expert in both soft and hard business skills with a history of managing organizations and teams and their storytelling efforts in the social services, arts, and media fields. He's currently with the AARP Foundation, where he's held a number of communications, marketing, and strategy integration roles. But his love of film and community accounts for his love affair with the Telluride Film Festival, where he has been manager of theater operations seasonally for the last 20-plus years. Find out more about the festival at Telluride Film Festival, that's T-E-L-L-U-R-I-D-E dot org, and find me, Leslie Jennings Rowley, at roadstakenshow.com, and with another story on the next episode of Roads Taken. Roads Taken.